You are listening to ACPN. Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is a, another installment of our Jack Ryan, not month, but I guess feature. <laughs> yes. And so uh, this is Russ Burlingame, and with me tonight is uh, Zach D. Roberts. Woo! Woo! And uh, this time out, we're going to be talking about Patriot Games, starring Harrison Ford, and about the second episode of Amazon's Jack Ryan, uh, which I can't remember what it's called. It has a clever name, and uh, it's and now that I've finished watching it, it's totally <laughs> gone from my brain. But uh, the second episode, which uh, in which they follow the money to Paris, and. Uh, yeah, well, sources, we... sources and methods. Oh, sources and uh, that—that's not that clever. <laughs> the next one—it was the first one was the boy. The second one was um, sources and methods, and the next one is end of honor. Hmm, um, which basically they all sound like kind of um, video game shit. But, yeah, yeah. It's and or it's probably the name of some Jack Ryan book somewhere because there's. I or the chapters in it, yeah, in it, like which you know, you're not that creative when you're like on chapter eight thousand four hundred and eighty second of the Jack Ryan <laughs> catalog. So, <laughs> but the uh, one thing I will say is that uh, after having watched Hunt for Red October last time, the the thing that really stuck out at me as being kind of missing from Patriot Games was jack's brains yeah like like patriot games really enjoyable i do like harrison ford's performance even though it's it's harrison ford yeah yeah uh but i i kind of feel like patriot games was a way more like paint by the numbers 90s action movie yes yeah you could you could kind of see like for instance patriot games kind of really reminded me of skyscraper (laughs) <laughs> it's like for well, some for some reason we're gonna make this personal <laughs> yeah <laughs> well what it really reminds me of is um the foreigner um which oh, I, yeah. um which because it's basically the the same film um <laughs> it, which i mean the foreigner is the same film obviously this came out obviously this came out right. much much before 20 years before um oh. but it's like there's a there's an Irish uh, there's an Irish uh, IRA um, uh, woman who's sleeping with the opponent. I mean, like there's like all these little plot points. Yeah, in there that you're like, oh, they just kind of threw them up in the air, added Jackie Chan, <laughs> yeah. and added Pierce Bronson. Um, and Pierce Bronson, it, it like basically just turned Pierce Bronson into a larger character than say the member of the IRA in this film uh, in Patriot games that ends up giving Jack Ryan some information mm. and a, a little Irish style. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, I, I will say I kind of miss the days when Thora Birch was a thing. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. 
<laughs> you're watching this movie and I'm just like, man, again, kind of like we said with Hunt for Red October, it's like everybody in this movie is somebody. And I, I, I had forgotten because obviously the last time I watched this was a while ago. And a lot of these people didn't get famous, like mainstream famous until way after this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That so was like, oh, shit, there's Sean Bean. Oh, shit, there's Sam Jackson. And yeah. these are people who I think when I was a kid and I'm watching this for the first time, I didn't know to look out for those people. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's really no way to know, especially especially even a lot of the um, which these films are really good for. Um, I mean, I, I hate to say, like, I don't recognize their names now, but like even the the guys in the background, like the guy, the 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 computer, the, the CIA's uh, computer guy that ends mm -hmm. up hacking, hacking the password like he's a guy that's going to be in a ton of things. Yeah. <laughs> in like yeah. the next 10 in the next like. 20 years like still is like you're like oh it's that guy um and like this the these this whole kind of film series um is is like complete with guys that will be in things for the next 20 years yeah i promise you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, absolutely the uh um the guy who joined greer to come yeah. to jack's house at the beginning the bald guy yeah. i'm just like I remember this dude and I, and I can't remember his name. I can't remember anything, but I know like, I, I remember him being essentially like a bad guy. I feel like he's like a wise guy character in a lot of movies for yeah. just years. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's funny because the, the last time around, I felt like the intelligence was all on the side of hunt for red October and the pilot for Jack Ryan was kind of shallow this time. It's yeah. flipped the uh, like Jack as kind of intelligence officer mm -hmm. was, uh, was sold really well in the second episode of the TV show. Yeah. And most of the action stuff was an afterthought. Whereas the movie is basically just a series of loosely connected action beats. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where Jack is kind of like flailing around, which is, yeah. well, I mean, which is classic Harrison Ford. I mean, like that's his, his shtick. He's never the guy that you're like, oh, I'm a hundred percent sure he's not going to get captured in this scene. Yeah. You know I mean? Like if he's got like 10 guys around him and they're surrounding him and you're like, there's like a 50, 50 chance either he's going to end up in a fucking, um, oh my God, what was the thing that surrounded him in, in, uh, in Star Wars? Um, oh, the trash compactor. No, no, no. The the thing it literally sealed him in. I forget what the oh, carbonite. The carbonite, yes, carbonite in a carbonite seal, or or he's just gonna pull out a gun and shoot the center guy, and then everyone else is gonna go, "What the fuck just happened? What happened? Wait, he had a whip before, and then he pulled out a gun." We're confused <laughs> because we're all dumb, uh, non-white people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the thing that I love actually about this movie, talking about guns. Uh, Jack Ryan is a desk jockey in these movies and he's always thrust into these situations. Yeah. Uh, at least so far, we've not gotten to the point where he's super comfortable being an action hero. Yeah. As such, I question why when he was in England as a guest lecturer, yeah. he was carrying his sidearm with him. It's not like he's that kind of spy. Wait, was he? I think so. I, no, I, he just slams. He slams into that. You're talking about the opening sequence when uh, the prince is, or yeah, the lord, yeah. or whatever, is being uh, um, assaulted. No, he just he just runs full force into 
um, into the guy, the IRA member, or the IRA faction member yeah, okay. uh, that was um, that had a gun and then picks up the gun and shoots him. Um, like, no, 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 he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a gun. I can, I mean, I can see why the thing, but yeah, he doesn't have a gun I must have just that missed moment. that like yeah. two seconds of, yeah. Uh, in full disclosure, I was actually writing an article for comicbook.com <laughs> about the Jack Ryan TV show while I was watching <laughs> Patriot games. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's like Ryanception. Yeah. No, I mean, there is that is I'm trying to remember the there, because there is a really great comparison uh, thing and I'm trying to remember if it's in uh, episode two um, or episode three I've watched uh, for this. Uh, like I watched it all in one night. Uh, I, like, Right, the, I think the night that it came out, I watched it all in one night, and then I've been going back through and kind of watching it. But I'm like, still on my second rewatch of the yeah. the show, I'm like, still three ep two episodes ahead of where we are uh, talking about it. So, but there's a great scene in a in the um, I think it's a helicopter, not a plane. Or no, it's a plane in a plane uh, where they're flying uh, flying to the Middle East, and one of the uh, one of the other kind of military i don't know if they're military or whatever they are uh paramilitary type people are hand hand jack he's like oh you want to you want a handgun and he's like yeah sure and he starts explaining he oh, starts yeah. explaining what it is and jack's like you know checks the thing he does everything right and there's that very like very very subtle usually it's a like wow you know what you're doing man yeah yeah uh, moment uh but like in this in the show it was i thought it was quite well because it was just kind of a oh Sure. Yeah, like that. Um, yeah, there's no moment like it was in, um, uh, like it was in for on for Red October, where it was like, no, he's he's a fucking goddamn hero, and you should give him some goddamn respect. Right. Yeah. Um, there's none of that moment, which I also within that film, I love that moment, but within the TV show, <laughs> within the TV show, I think that like subtle, that's like the first moment you realize that oh, oh, he might. He might actually know what he's doing. And what, yeah. what's interesting in the TV show, and this is low-level spoilers, they never really give away the fact that he's, like, he knows what the fuck he's doing that much. Like, there's mm -hmm. a handful of, like, it's the continual kind of Jack Ryan, like, the gun falls in the right spot, he's in the right spot, he happens to get the shot. It never right. looks like he's, the he he's, like, um... I don't know, like he's a marksman or, you know, he's like one of the trained seals that usually gets shot around him. And then Jack Ryan somehow survives, <laughs> you know, because this is the way the Jack Ryan series works is, you know, um, everyone else dies around him. And then he gets the last shot and he's like, oh, he's the hero. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, the second episode is the one that ends on the apartment bomb. Uh, okay yeah so he is he is overseas then yeah yeah that the, the scene you're describing happened in, in episode two uh i really i liked that guy i i've seen that actor before and i couldn't tell you where to save my life he, he reminds Again, me of he reminds me of a less sleazy joe paneliano <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but uh yeah so I think the biggest thing with, and again, this is this is the the risk, I guess, of going straight from Hunt for Red October to Patriot Games. Is I'm in my brain, it was making all these comparisons. It's like they're both fun movies in their own way. There's really nothing wrong with Patriot Games, although I couldn't help comparing it to Hunt for Red October. And I remember as a kid loving the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movies. Yeah, 
and yeah. being kind of bored by hunt for red October. And now it's like, it's switched because like I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, it's just such a more competently made movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a film as opposed to a movie. Like yeah. I know there's always that subtle kind of difference, but like the, the Patriot game, Patriot games and even clear and present danger to a very slightly less extent is a, are movies. So they're action mm-hmm. movies. Um, Hunt for October can, 100% stand alone without anything else. And it's up there with, um, you know, it's, it's, it's up there with a lot of the, like you, you'll put that in with the other high end war films of mm. the last like 60 years. Yeah. Um, like pretty easily. Like I, you know, put that up there with, um, Oh my God, did we still not figure out what the, the D day film is, uh, about Normandy <laughs> invasion? <laughs> I think we figured it out last time and then it's already skipped my mind, but yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I will say is that it's interesting. We talked a little bit about uh, McTiernan longest last day, time, but yes, oh, the longest day. thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about McTiernan yeah. last time and how he had this kind of unprecedented string of hits in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, Philip Noyce, who's the director of this movie. I did, I'd never, her, like I, I don't remember ever having heard his name before. I had to look him up. Uh, he did do some very good movies, including some like cinematically good movies. Yeah. Uh, but they were all they were mostly later. He did a lot of really like mainstreamy movies that weren't that great in the '90s. He's a guy who did uh, both Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. He also did The Saint. Yeah, which was I, I actually rewatched. Uh most of that uh recently and i Mm -hmm. I, I didn't give up on it because of the film i gave up on it because honestly i just um val kilmer was just terrible in it um but also um but also just because like i was just kind of bored by it um not because not not it was just one of those it's like i i saw it a million times when it came out and it was like yeah it's one of those films that you're like at the moment um back in 1997 it was awesome yeah, uh, but it's one of those ninety late nineties films or mid nineties whatever films that didn't quite make it. Um, as opposed to like the Bone Bone Collector, which I've watched recently accidentally, yeah, and ended up getting stuck in like in the way that like a lot of those um, like I never I actually hadn't I didn't I didn't quite like it when it came out. Yeah, um, but. Uh, um, uh, like yeah, it was it was like six months ago. It just happened to like caught, catch the first fifteen minutes of it and then watch the entire thing, which I did not. I did not like it at all the first time I watched it. But you know, um, it's but, like it was mandatory to watch Denzel, Denzel Washington films back yeah, in the nineties yeah. um, because they all were solid films, not yeah. because of <laughs> any other reasons other than they were great films. It's uh, it's yeah. funny because I, I had a similar experience. I didn't love it when it when I remember watching it when yeah. it came out, but I did really enjoy, I recently, not recently, but about five years ago, I guess, Callie had uh, gotten into a jag where she was reading a bunch of the, the Lincoln rhyme books. Yeah. Which is the main character from the bone collector. Once again, like Jack Ryan based on a series of thrillers, like, you know, airport reading kind of thrillers. And uh, I read a couple of the books and went back and rewatched the bone collector. Cause I was like, Oh shit, it's that character. Mm-hmm. and uh, found it to be really fun. Um, the t- next two movies that he did after this, or after The Bone Collector, excuse me, uh, were Rabbit Proof Fence and The Quiet American. 
I don't remember almost anything about either of them, but I do remember when I was at the video store that they were both movies that I thought were really solid and that I used to recommend to people. I I still actually have not, I don't think I've still watched um, Rabbit Proof Fence, even though I think it was a, like, um, yeah, it was a big award festival favorite. Um, But um, uh, The Quiet American, I loved, uh, because also uh, that was still in in uh, Brendan Fraser's kind of very weird, um, God, what was that? Ian McKellen film. Gods and um, Monsters. Or Gods it? and Monsters. Yeah. Um, and like, it was, you know, he, Brendan Fraser was was one of those weird, I mean, he still is, I mean, he's still right. around, and I think he's starting to get roles again, thank thank. He's a, he's um, Robot Man in the upcoming Doom Patrol TV show for DC Universe. Oh, sweet, nice. Um, because he's one of those like, very solid human beings, and there's no yeah. reason like I forget what the reason was other than like he just fell out of favor and then gained yeah. some weight and then fell out of favor more. And then, you know, cycle happens. Yeah. Um, but um, he's like a Reddit favorite. So like he's continually talked about on Reddit and like whatever, but, um, but like, this was one of those, it was like, Oh wow. You know, gods and monsters. You're like, wow, this, he's not just the guy from the mummy. He mm-hmm. actually can act. Um, yeah. And then this film came out, and several years later, and he's like, "Stand not he, he like wait he did two films, one standing next to Ian McClellan the entire time, and then the next one standing next to Michael Caine, and both of them you're like you're not like oh Jesus Christ this is awkward. He's like wow he 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 he's a solid fucking actor um, at minimum if not quite good, um, and you know I mean if you can stand if you can be an actor next to those two those two people in any fucking yeah. film ever then you at least deserve like you deserve cred. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Uh, I, one more thing I just wanted to mention about this director before we move on to talking about the actual stuff is uh, apparently his next project or one of his next projects, because he has like five things in production is that he's directing the pilot for gone baby gone, which is apparently somebody is making a TV series or at least a TV movie. Yeah. And I assume this has to be a TV series because there's no way you make a TV movie out of something that was just a feature film a few <laughs> minutes ago, yeah. but uh, out of the Patrick Kenzie novels by Dennis Lehane, uh, which Gone Baby Gone is, I think, the one that Ben Affleck adapted, right? Okay. Also, unless there's like a another Gone Baby. <laughs> well, I know it was a Patrick Kenzie novel, so it's possible they had similar titles. But in any event, yeah. uh, the uh, apparently they are this guy is going to be doing the tv pilot for the patrick kenzie and uh angela gennaro novels it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with that because if that that has always struck me as a series of books that could be a really great show Mm -hmm. uh if if it was done right although i don't have any idea like this is the first time hearing of it so I have yeah. no idea what, like, if this is like a Showtime show, then it could be really great. If this is like something they're going to try to do on ABC or something, it probably won't work. But um, Fox and Miramax, it looks like. Hmm. Interesting. It doesn't say. It doesn't say what. It doesn't. Uh, this is February though. Uh, um, but uh, um, yeah, it's written by Black Sales Crow creator uh, Robert uh, uh, Levine. Oh. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But uh, yeah, so that that's like at this point, 25 years in the future from this film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and again, like I, I don't 
it's it's so interesting because I'm like watching it today and just going like, I remember this being a lot more engaging. And I think part of it is just like, you know, when I first saw it, I was a kid. I didn't, you couldn't see all of the paint by numbers stuff kind of coming in the way that you can once you've got 25 more years of watching movies <laughs> under your belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I still thought this was a solid movie, but it was like, I think one of the big things is that besides just the script and it was like everything was more safe, including like the camera work and the scoring, like it was all really kind of workmanlike. Yeah. And it was yeah. like everything was exactly what you needed to be to make it a like a serviceable tentpole movie, but none of it was particularly ambitious. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did think that uh I, I i thought i think that harrison ford did do a better job than i would have given him credit for of embodying ryan a little bit in the sense that yes he was very much still a harrison ford character and he did a lot of harrison ford isms <laughs> yeah. but uh there were there were bits and pieces of it where I was like, Oh, that feels like the, like the Jack Ryan we were talking about last time. It's supposed to be like a quasi every man. Uh, yeah. the, the bit at the beginning where he's like on the bed in his boxers and his shirt <laughs> trying to seduce his wife felt very every man kind of, and it, you know, it didn't, it, that scene didn't read as sexy. That scene read as yeah, kind of like an old married couple dad as a dad, yeah, like, exactly. He, he does it. This is this is much more um, of uh, Jack Ryan as dad, uh, yeah. as opposed to even though even though you have a brief moment of um, Alec Baldwin's child at the beginning of the film, just because of the way that the way that um, um, Hunt for Red October was, you know, scripted. You right. don't actually have any like you don't have the ability to have the flashback or the phone calls or the interactions and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, and you have Thor Birch um, as his as his child, um, and which you know inherently, I, I, it it seems like I, I have to double chat. I mean, like I, I'm trying to remember, like she she was a child actress, like that young of a child actress, yeah. not like, but like I'm trying to remember if she was actually, um, yeah, no, she won the Academy Award, did she? Didn't she? Or who, who am I? Or am I forgetting? Uh, or am I confusing her with some Natalie? Uh... Anna Paquin, I think. One. Anna Paquin. Yeah. yeah, those are the two I always get. <laughs> I can kind of see but, why, actually. Yeah. But. Oh yeah, no, she totally. She actually, yeah, she totally was because she was in. Wasn't she? Oh no, that's Parenthood, the the original TV show. Wow, it was a, there was a TV show back in the nineties. I didn't know there was one for one season. Uh, I but didn't know she was. Yeah, for one season, um, she she was in that. Um, but uh, um, other than like a handful of like an episode of Doogie Howser and um, Day by Day and and uh, things like that, she wasn't yeah. really. She she was a TV show, but she wasn't a celeb, which I actually kind of thought that she was already a child actress. But I guess it was only after that, like with Hocus Pocus yeah. and. Um, and she was, uh, uh, she was in a Christmas no, movie no. with Leslie Nielsen at some point. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Yeah, actually, that was her last role right before Patriot Games. Yeah, uh, but, but but yeah, yeah but, this but, is this is kind of her breakout. Other than yeah. you know, I assume that when you're on TV for a season, even if it's a low-rated show, 
you know, somebody's going to notice you, which is probably yeah. how she ended up on this movie. Yeah. Uh, she does actually recur into clear and present danger, which surprises me. Cause I feel like, especially in the like eighties and nineties, it, the children were interchangeable. Yeah, they really were. I remember watching, you know, because my kids watching mm -hmm. the second uh, uh, Homeward Bound movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. A, being really surprised that they brought back all the same kids. Yeah. And then B, thinking like they probably shouldn't have because there were a lot <laughs> of like, first of all, nobody in those movies could act a fucking lick like not the kids not the adults just <laughs> fucking nobody well it's all about the dogs so yeah they had that well they had that one dude from airplane who wasn't terrible um yeah. but it was like you could just watch him straining under the weight of being a serviceable <laughs> actor who was trying to carry a whole movie on his back <laughs> uh, yeah and uh uh, Will Sasso from Mad TV appears at the end of, I can't remember if it's the first or the second one. I think it's the second one as a random pizza guy who delivers the world's least convincing like plastic pizza. Because uh, like in the script is like the dog jumps on him and he drops it and the pizza drops on top of the dog and then you cut to the dog eating pizza. Mm. Uh, but the shot of the pizza falling on the dog, it's just, it's just, it's masterfully not convincing. It's a work yeah. of art anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they do bring her back as Sally again next time. Um, I can't remember who the, the mother was in this movie. The wife actually, uh, I mostly remember noticing that she was again, kind of convincingly, like pedestrian, like she, even when she was doing the like little mini strip tease when they were flirting, like, yeah. And Archer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, who another is another one of those actresses. You're like, she's been in fucking everything. Yeah. Um, and, but, but due to the fact that she's like a sop due to the fact that she's neither like she's never been given a role that is like an award-winning role and also is not a terrible actress. Mm -hmm. um, and she's, she's fantastic in the kind of like, I can't ever remember her being in a role. Honestly, that isn't basically the role that she's in right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and like the fact that like some of her character names are misses and this is like, a year later, year after, yeah, uh, year or two after, like she's clearly in her like early thirties, and she's already being called as a character. <laughs> she's giving be giving be given a character name that misses something. Yeah, um, you yeah. know it's a bad it's a bad sign for your like um, success in when it comes to being you know a Hollywood actress that's gonna get you know whatever sexy because basically especially in the nineties it was like sexy roles or nothing, and yeah. then maybe Glenn Close had a had something. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, for those of you keeping score at home, she uh, probably the most, not the best, but the most memorable thing that she's done in the last few years. She plays Mac Reynolds's, uh, or uh, she plays uh, Dennis's mom on It's Always Sunday. <laughs> God. Uh, well, I mean, she is. I mean, she is in uh, Fatal Attraction. Um, 
she's in shortcuts. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. There's at least uh, I think there was at least one other role that she was. She she was in the L Word in a few episodes. She did some Boston Public. Like this is one of these again, one of these actors that you've seen someplace. Yeah. Uh, and but she also had a very '80s look to her. Like when you look yeah. at just like as you're looking at her IMDb page, it's like you look at the the period when she was the most prolific, and she has like the huge '80s hair. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you just kind of sit there and go, yeah, this is this is a, an actor who, even in the early '90s when this movie was taking place, was yeah. probably already struggling against being like looking like she was out of date. Yeah, uh, and not that she looked old, but kind of like those. There's those comic book artists where it's like they've got everything they do is really good, but it's all in the style of when they were most famous, yeah. which is like well, I mean, there, years there, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain there's certain actors and actresses who, um, unfortunately, um, are just. I mean, there's like Daryl Hannah. You know, I mean, Daryl yeah. Hannah. There's no there's no excuse on why she she didn't get roles and and you know throughout you know the 2000s solid. Um, at least that I know of. Um, mm -hmm. There's no reason um, because she's always been a, a a a more than decent actress, and she's she's attractive and everything across the board. But she looks like an early '90s film. Right. Like she, that's like unfortunately, like that's the thing. You know, I mean, uh, God, I'm trying to. There was actually a Family Guy bit about that when they were inventing. Um, fuck. With, like they had God inventing actresses and they're like, Oh, and you're going to go to the eighties. <laughs> like, and you're going to be very popular. And then you're like, and I'm trying to fuck, I'm trying to remember what the actress's name was. And you're like, yeah, no, she was gorgeous in the eighties. Um, and she's still very good looking now, but there's like an eighties, like a stereotypical eighties look that yeah. if you're like casting people, even if you're doing flashback films, you're like, Oh, I'm going to cast her. Um, in that film, because that's what people look like in the eighties, even though yeah. obviously no one ever changed it at all. It's not like some massive genetic thing happened in the last 30 years and facial structures has changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, trying to think, I feel like, uh, one thing that I think didn't work for me, and this is probably why I was a little bit more lukewarm on Patriot Games than I was on Red October, is I wasn't, like, it felt like there were very low stakes in this movie relative to Red October. And a big part of that was, well, yeah. But, I mean, a big part of that was just the fact that they decided to not only make it, like, a personal story, yeah, but it was this utterly insane thing where it's just like, <clears throat> okay, so we're going to send him across. Like, it's funny because James uh, Greer calls it out early in the movie. He's like, he's like the odds of him being able to get on a plane and get here and find you and try to do any damage. It's so astronomical. I don't even want to say it. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep. And then we get no real explanation for how he managed to pull that off. Next thing we know, he's just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, and, and well, yeah. Good. That's really like, it's one of those things where, yes, you want there to be personal stakes for your hero, yeah. but this one felt like it was just too personal and, and it, yeah. you kind of lose perspective. And especially because 
Jack is such a flat character. And I feel this way across pretty much all incarnations. Jack Ryan yeah. is in most respects, just kind of, he's supposed to be an everyman. You're supposed to be able to slip into him and relate to him. He's essentially a delivery device for the plot. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like, well, he's, a, I mean, he's, he's as described in literally, um, I, I'm trying to remember whether he's actually described that in, in a, in a hunt for red October, but in either Patriot games or, or, um, um, or clear and present danger, he was described as a boy scout. And then in the TV show, he's described as a boy scout, which was like a line, like they yeah. like dropped, like it meant something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I mean, which it does. I mean, it's inherently attached to the character since these films. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember. God, it's been so long since I watched uh, the Ben Affleck version, uh, the um, Sum of All Fears, yeah. whether or not he's actually kind of he's he is like that. I mean, he's still Affleck mm -hmm. basically plays a uh, a mix of Harrison Ford and uh, Baldwin. Uh I think like, I think that like, that's at least the way I remember it. I mean, it's been right. like I think five years since I've seen it maybe. Um, but, uh, but I mean like that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's essentially the thing, which I mean, which works fantastically for Harris, I mean, which is why I think, um, I think that the script is a bit weak on Patriot games. Um, not only, not only because like, just because the basic script itself isn't, you know, I don't know. There's no, even for him, there's no other until you get to the absolute end when like they're inside the house yeah. and it's kind of an immediacy thing. But again, it's, as you said, it's so tiny. It's so small. Like once they're inside the house, almost immediately the, um, uh, God, he wasn't a prince. He's a Lord. Right. Um, yeah. is, is kind of tucked away and seemingly fine. Like there's not like, so you're not even you don't even seemingly quickly have you don't even have the um the uh of uh, the foreigner which was there's this entire underbeat of the foreigner with jackie chan um yeah. which we talked about by the way in a previous podcast you should go back and listen to it mm -hmm. um and <laughs> um but there's this entire underbeat that if everything goes if things go wrong this could start the British, the basically the troubles all over. Yeah, again. yeah. Um, but never in this film. It's always there's a clear line that no, there's the IRA. They're terrible people. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna mess. We're not playing that card that they're like you know reformed because this is again in the early the mid to early nineties, which there was still shit going on. This is still you know in the troubles. Mm -hmm. um, but but also but there's no chance that. Oh my God! This is going to escalate into a big explosion of, you know, the IRA versus British troops, and this is going to be a big thing. It's literally like a handful of guys, a rogue faction. Not even they don't even think they they necessarily refer to them as a rogue faction of the IRA. I think there's one maybe maybe one throw off line about that. Yeah. But but like it's never seriously considered that they're connected. Like it's always kind of. No, there's this rogue faction, and then there's yeah. the IRA. The IRA yeah. you should still be worried about, but not the rogue faction. They're a different thing. And so we're not going to have this big, you know, like there's not going to be a fucking, you know, um, British Isle level war that's going to happen yeah. if, some, if if uh, if Jack Ryan does something wrong. Uh, which, again, like in clear and present danger, which, again, I think is the better, the much, much better of the two films yeah. um, that Ford did. 
like there's that escalation. Like you could draw, you could be drawing America into a uh, Central American war. Um, mm-hmm. You draw them into not just into the drug war in the way that kind of we're always in the drug war, but into a like actual fucking war. Um, but in this film, it's literally just a bunch of dudes. Like you kill those four guys, and by the end of the film, you're like, ah, cool, we're good. Yeah. Uh, let's find out what the pregnancy test is. Yeah, and it's funny because I kind of feel like I wonder whether I wonder whether there was at one point a subplot about kind of Jack's place on the world stage and and him representing the U.S. and blah 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 blah. Just because yeah. in the 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 court case. They tr- that was the guy's entire defense was trying to essentially invalidate Jack Ryan's heroism and make it seem like he was just this trigger happy foreigner who didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me that there was no fallout to that pretty much whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that was a, that was a really like weirdly judgmental scene when you consider that it was bookended by scenes of him being heralded as a hero on both ends but within the context of the courtroom scene it seemed like he got his ass handed to him and it seemed like there was going to be some kind of like i was like shit are they going to like try him for something yeah well or even like this is a good excuse to be like well this is a cia agent yeah there's that subtle underline um and also like are they going to well i mean as you said i mean like are they going to try him for the fact that he's lying under oath or some shit um, but then he just kind of walks away and everything's fine. Um, not that, you know, I mean, this is also a time period. If you watch, watch any film, especially American films or films that got American audiences, um, in the nineties, British courts were really, um, I think it was in the name of your father, in the name of the father. Um, and there's a handful of other films that, um, that portrayed British courts as very questionable. Um, and there was kind of a lot, I don't remember ever seeing a film that in the 90s even into the early 2000s that were like oh british courts are a respectable thing um other than a questionable well it's not the third world but it's certainly not american courts yeah because because they have weird they have a weird court system i mean they have compared to us i mean we have a weird court system but like compare if you all you know is american courts they have a weird court system because you got this guy with a wig and you know, yeah, all the just even the, well, the physical setup of everything is weird. Like yeah. you, have, you have people potentially in cages while they're, you know I mean? Especially during the IRA and everything like that. But, but anyway, but uh, like, yeah, no, I mean that, that, that was a weird thing, especially considering it's kind of questionable, but I, I see this film as, a, as kind of a, um, it's not really an origin story because obviously they don't really go into an origin at all. They don't even, I don't even think they even mention like the helicopter crash or anything like that. No, they don't. Um, I don't actually don't remember that in, in, in the second one, but, um, but either way, it's like kind of an origin story to some extent where they're kind of setting him up because obviously he's moving from, he had left the CIA, Mm -hmm. gone into um, as a history professor of some kind. And then, now he's being drawn back in, which obviously the next film sets him up as, you know, he's going to be the next fucking CIA, uh, not director, director but yeah. assistant director or whatever the hell yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, again, something that p- played through in the books and that never really got paid off in the movies because they never built up a head of steam in terms of getting an actual <laughs> series going. 
Mm. It's like actually each of these movies was independently successful, but none of them were smash hits that just demanded an immediate sequel. Yeah. I, I Although, feel like, yeah. Well, I, I feel like yeah. Red October was a big hit. And then I don't know why that one didn't get a sequel other than the fact that everybody involved is notoriously difficult to work with. <laughs> I, mean, I actually kind of see that as kind of the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's literally like, uh, uh, well, this made enough money and everybody liked it enough. But, oh, my God, the idea, like, no money is enough to work with. Like <laughs> with John McTiernan and these, Alec Baldwin again, and Alec yeah. Baldwin, yeah, and um, just all of these things together would be like, nah, I'm good, nah, nah, nah. You know, ten mil, no, not ten million dollars, no, that's not enough. <laughs> but I mean, but again, I mean, this is also a time period where you didn't have, um, you didn't have the kind of money that was like. No, here's enough money for you to shut up and deal with the next deal with the next film. I mean, like Patriot Games was, I guess, a success in so much as um, where where was the budget again? Um, uh, budget was forty five million dollars, and it made uh, a gross was gross worldwide was ninety four, yeah. um, which was you know, I mean, in that time period, decent cash, right? Um, you're not gonna agree. U.S. was uh, U.S. was 83, um, 83 million, which is another one of those. It's like, wow, this is seriously the 90s. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, can you think of any United States action film that if it made, uh, if basically if it only made eight percent of its uh, U.S. Um, uh, box office overseas? It'd be a complete fucking disaster. <laughs> like, could you yeah. imagine if Avengers, if, if uh, um, Infinity War only made eight percent? Yeah. <laughs> of its, or Black Panther. I mean, even Black Panther, which was a massive success for what it was supposed to do, like what everybody originally assumed it was going to do. Right. Um, if it had made eight percent, they'd be like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense though. The rest of the world is kind of racist, even more so than us. But like in China, it did. Like what, a hundred million dollars? Yeah, some, I, some, it's a crazy sum of money in fucking China. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I will say, I think that Black Panther is the first Marvel movie in a while, and I could mm -hmm. totally be wrong, but I do think Black Panther is the first Marvel movie in a while to make less than fifty percent of its money overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, there is that, but yeah, it's uh, it you you that's exactly it's like. It was really not until about 2005 that it started being like, oh, you need to double your money. Like you, you need to make the same amount overseas that you make at home. Otherwise it's a disaster. Yeah. I will say, yeah, no, I was right. Black Panther made a hundred million dollars in China. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not bad change. Um, that's not bad change, especially considering China has a long history of like not having, not being fans of black -led <clears throat> films in general. Um, <laughs> Um, and <laughs> although, although Rampage did do better than Black Panther, I guess. So, <laughs> which again, oh. isn't surprising considering the rock. Um, well, no, the, uh, well, uh, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was thinking of skyscraper skyscraper had a whole was like basically a Chinese made film. Yeah. Yeah. And it had that, Panther. we talked about how it looked like it had like a Chinese cut somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I, I really wish they would fucking release that shit. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I have uh, excuse me, 
I thought about trying to go on eBay or something and find like the Chinese DVD for like Iron Man three and some of these movies that we know for a fact have radically different cuts. Uh, but when I was doing the research on it, it's apparently really expensive to get the Chinese cut of Iron Man. And everything that I saw said that the Chinese cut's just a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> and so I was just like, yeah, probably not worth the trouble. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Any final thoughts? I feel like we've been a little disorganized, but but I also feel like I've said everything that was in my notes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, um, I mean, I, I don't it, it's this is obviously not like most films where uh, we kind of vaguely assume that there's at least 20 percent of people who haven't seen it. Like, yeah. I feel like if you haven't seen um if you haven't seen any, not only any of the Jack Ryan films, but but especially the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan films, like on TBS at two o'clock in the morning or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is at this point, then, then I don't, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming you're not going to watch it. I mean, Patriot Games is 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 good. it's a solid action film. Um, if you're only, like, there's there's no reason to there's though on the other hand there's no necessary reason to see this film like yeah. hunt for October. It's one of those films th that you should have seen. Like yeah. there's like, there's 5,000 films out there in general. Um, and I feel like hunt for October is one of them as an American uh, or maybe no, I don't even know is not just an American, but in general you should have seen like it is one of the three sub film, you know, uh, submarine films that you need to have seen. This film is a generic action film. I think clear and present danger would at least make it into my like top 6,000 or so yeah. of like action of, of films in general that you should see. Um, not only be, it's just a more enjoyable film, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Yeah, we'll, that. we'll get to that um, in the next couple yeah, of weeks. But, but yeah. no, I, 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 that I'd fully agree. I would say that, you know, it's, it's a solid, like, B B minus kind of movie. It's it's fun. It's well it's well enough done. But again, it it basically reads like a high budget direct to DVD movie now, <laughs> yeah. uh, just because of the difference in production values then versus now. Yeah, uh, and the fact that this was not an adventurous director, so you have a lot of like medium shots and a lot of shot for sh or a uh, uh, shot reverse shot, and it, it like it's a really basic movie. Uh, but it's definitely, it's, it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you have seen it and you're like, oh, I want to watch Jack Ryan movie tonight, I would go for, like you said, Clear and Present Danger is probably the, the more safe of the Ford films because it's just, it's a lot more ambitious and it's a lot bigger. Yeah. And we'll get yeah. to more on that uh, probably next wow, week. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think, though, um, that this film was bookmarked basically in between regarding Henry, which... Mm -hmm. He was nominated. I forget if he won. Um, he was nominated for Academy Award, I think. Um, I don't think he's ever won one, has he? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Um, but he was. I, I'm pretty sure he was nominated for Regarding Henry. I think. And so. then, and then the year after Patriot Games, he did The Fugitive, which is, you know, if you're if you're talking about one of the like, if you're gonna go see three fucking Harrison Ford films. Um, like one of the Star Wars is one of the Indiana Jones is, um, and then I think the Fugitive is yeah, probably like the three films out of the like, out of the like twenty films that you should see. 
by, yeah. by Harrison yeah. Ford. Because, I mean, you literally look at his list and you're like, Witness, yes, you should see that. Mosquito Coast, yes, that was good. Frantic, that was good. Working Girl, that was good. Uh, Last Crusade, that was good. Presume, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You just go through the whole thing and you're like, damn, the late 80s and, well, like 80s in general. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 90s was like, okay, well, you could just spend like three weeks watching nothing but Harrison Ford films and see all solid films. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I would recommend checking it out. I did. I do think, uh, and again, we'll talk more about the TV show. Uh, the, the plan is to do the remaining three Jack Ryan movies over the next few weeks and to do two episodes each of the TV show so that we can get to the eight episodes of the TV show around the same time that we get to some of all yeah. fears. Uh, but I, I will say, as somebody who was, I was kind of lukewarm on the pilot. Uh, the second episode picks up a lot, and part of that is yeah. because it's it's smarter and it's sharper. And yeah. part of that is because it feels less like it should have been wrapped up. Like I said, my big problem with the pilot was I was watching it going like the structurally, it felt like it should have ended. Uh, yeah. This feels more like a piece of a serialized bit of entertainment, and it makes more sense that like we're not already done and on to the next case. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, check out both of these. Uh, although, like I said, if you've got only a couple of hours to give to Jack Ryan, uh, this is probably of the first three, number three, and that doesn't make it a bad movie. That just means that both clear and present danger and hunt for red October are very, very good. Yes, that is true. So, all right. And uh, in the meantime, you should, uh, like, rate, share, and subscribe uh, to the Emerald City Video Podcast on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Podbean, or, or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, leave us iTunes reviews, because I think it's been a long time since anybody did that, and, and I, I always forget to ask for engagement, but I was watching a, a fantastic video <laughs> by Lindsay Ellis today about uh, about artificial uh, artificial authenticity and the ways that engagement drives YouTube. Uh, so you should uh, check out all of these things and, and follow us on Twitter at ECV underscore podcast. There you can find ways to follow both me and Zach uh, because I'm pretty sure that we're the only ones who ever interact with the ECV Twitter account except for Tomato Tomato. Yes. <laughs> True story. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, be sure to be back here by noon on the fifth day for more ECV. And uh, always rewind your cassettes.